Hello and welcome to The A-List, the podcast that asks the world's top advertising professionals how they got started in the business, sponsored by Ad House Advertising School, where Zoom classes start February 15th. Get your seat before it's gone, adhousenyc.com. I'm your host, Tom Chrisman, Executive Creative Director at Catch and Release, and one of the head ad nerds at Ad House. In this episode, you'll hear my chat with Matt Vitu, Executive Creative Director at Mother in New York City. Matt learned about advertising at Loyola, New Orleans, before burning every bridge in New Orleans with one email. We talk about that, working at Wyden, and how Matt lost his shirt at Wuhan Prison. That's in China. This is the A-List, and this is Matt V2. I mean V2. Hello, Matt V2. How are you? Or is it V2? Um, you know, that's going to send me down like a spiral. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've always said V2. All right, good. That's what I said. Yeah, but then every every once in a while I'll say V2 and right. I can just see people like are like, "Whoa, which one is it? What are you talking?" Uh is that a Cleveland Guardians hat? It is. It nice. is. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It's so um, weird. I was watching the game the other night and I was like, "Wait a minute, who are the Guardians?" And then I was like, "Oh, cool. All right." I I I'm of the belief that sports teams should have like very intimidating names. Like it right. shouldn't just be like I don't know, like something just inspired by the cities. Like I like the lot Detroit Lions, right. but like I would add some like like the bloodthirsty lions. Like would be <laughs> cool. so. Like our name is inspired now, I guess, by a bridge and like these Art Deco statues, and they're called the Guardians of Cleveland. Oh, okay. And I'm like I'm like that's kind of cool, but like also like it it puts an onus on me yeah. to describe what the hell the these the guardians means and it's right. like oh it's a bridge that's like blah 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 but now it's i've just... learned something about cleveland which is the first thing i've ever learned about cleveland yeah well we're famous for lighting our river on fire which that's was right amazing. that's right <laughs> through industrial waste which is sick <laughs> i mean like you know yeah first we're we were the first mover in like climate disaster i would say yeah like, you were you were ahead of your time yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I guess uh, my first question is, where did you grow up? And I'm guessing it's Cleveland. Yeah. So, it, well, the way that I do it is um, like it's like the Google zoom in street to street view where it's like right. I'm from Cleveland. And if anybody knows where Cleveland is, it's like, OK, I'm actually from Akron. And people kind of know that because nice. it's like LeBron's from Akron. Of course. And, and Goodyear then I'm like, tires and yeah, Goodyear tires and mm-hmm. The black, uh, the black keys are from there. Like, there's some stuff, and um, and the 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 home of of American football. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Canton, Akron, like all those towns were. It was a bunch of guys who got together at like a car dealership, right? And they were like, "Hey, let's start a league." And it was like <laughs> yeah. Chicago yeah. Bears and the and the Akron something something. What were the Akron teams? Yeah, um, Akron, um, or it was like Canton. Uh, I'm not really remember. sure. I had it. But I, I had it. That's the thing. Maybe maybe that's pretty insightful about like where I'm from is that like, you know, we're not like going to ch- like our I don't think like the things we do specifically are going to change like the world and the shape of culture or anything. But like we might like on our off time do it and just <laughs> like mess around and yeah. create like the NFL. Like Yeah. Create the NFL, yeah. light a yeah. light a river on fire. Just weird shit. <laughs> yeah. 
which yeah. which is what you do that too like that is you yeah. i've i've been looking at your work and it is so fucking cool like you are you are um part artist and part ad guy you know oh and, wow which, yeah. which i love which i love which i try to be uh and make <laughs> things in my spare time but but you you really you really do it so um so growing up what was that like growing up in akron ohio it was um it was cool i actually am from like a town down the road, Medina, which is super small. Um, and it's like, if you've seen uh, Blue Velvet, the very beginning of that, where they're showing like these picturesque, like shots of the town yeah. before they find it, before they find the ear. That was like, that was Medina. Like we have a gazebo in the center of town and like a square. Oh. And like, it's like very like, like at the square to this day, there's like a sports trading card store and like, a haircut place and it's very yeah. like you know uh, Nor uh norman uh rockwell ish yep. um yep. and it was like beautiful like um i feel personally very blessed to have grown up there where it's like almost terrence malick and like running around barefoot like through the grass in like the splendor of dusk and playing baseball until like it's too dark to see where the tennis ball goes, you know, yep. that kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, America. Yeah. Like that. Kind of, and that's like something I feel like a lot of people like um, run from at a certain point. Like if they want to like create like a creative life, I always thought that was very special and I like kind of hold on to it um, because I think there's like a lot of insights as to like people, you know, like in those places where it's like, where I came from, it was like, you know, family and friends were everything. And it's like a different way of speaking than I think just trying to like create, if that mm -hmm. makes any sense. That's kind of just rambling, I guess. But no, I, I think, uh, you know, people get together in these places and they make a certain aesthetic for themselves and then they live in it. And then it's the it's the the interdependencies of people and the knowing people. And yeah, I think that's all that all makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, when did you know that uh, you, you like, how'd you do the art? Like, how did art seep into that? Like, were, were you inspired by a teacher or a an adult? I think I was more, I went to like a Catholic grade school and I think it was more just like out of boredom. Like I had friend like my crew, I'm still tight with like a lot of like that grade school, like from kindergarten crew. And like, we you know you learn stuff whatever at school but like for us it was like in recess like we talk about sonic it was like who could draw the best sonic who could draw the best mario and from there it became like more detailed like who could draw the best scene from like that stuff and like it was a very creative crew that you know we just talk about like music and movies and all this stuff that was like formative you know like we would talk around like somebody brought like a wu-tang tape to school and we would just sit and like pass it around and then talk about it afterwards and just be like man that's crazy that like in new york there's an actual place called shaolin like i can't believe it and like obviously we didn't realize that was yeah. like not a real place but you know it was like yeah. that kind of a vibe where it's just it's just the staten island mall it was just yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like you know like I think it was us pushing each other like and it was a very creative crew that was inspired by pop culture and it just came naturally out of that um 
And did that come from, from watching a lot of TV? Were you, were you like you're in MTV and all that stuff was, was. Yeah. Yeah. Like I used to draw like the MTV logos, you know, they used to do those interstitials and I would draw that and call back to the yearbook was like, that was my initials are TMB, like Timothy Matthew, the But I would draw like the MTV logo for like an entire year at eight. In right. the yearbook and yeah, it was just like those little things, you know, like yeah, that was that was art. I mean, that was really like you don't see that kind of uh, interstitial anymore. You don't see that yeah. kind of branding anymore. And maybe Cartoon Network, maybe that's like yeah, one of the well, that's the there's like it. the adult the Adult Swim stuff, which I always thought was really great. But it was like yeah, that MTV thing I think was like it was weirdly like I always thought it was like Warhol esque, like like those things should be to me, like in some sort of museum somewhere, just because it's like not about branding or anything like that, but it always felt like the craft and like being able to create like these worlds in like three seconds is yeah. unbelievable. It was the yeah. first six seconds, you know, ad ever. Yeah. yeah. And it was more interesting than like the videos that were coming before to me, at least. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so, so you're drawing with your friends. Do you, um, are you hearing a lot of echo in my voice? Hello, I am not. No. Okay, good. Um, so you're drawing with your friends. You're you're in high school. When did you? When did the advertising? When did you first sort of like get that advertising? Like, oh, this is a job. Um, in college, I actually didn't know advertising was a thing until college. I was a. What do you want to be? I um, I actually never thought about it until like junior year of college. <laughs> like I just want to be drunk and yeah, hanging yeah. out and yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. I went to school in New Orleans. So it was oh like, my God, Tulane. Yeah, I was Where'd you go? distracted. I went to Loyola. Okay. Wow. Um, so like I was a little bit distracted for like maybe yeah. three years. Um, yeah. And I junior year, like I had like, okay, grades, like it yeah. was whatever. Yeah. Um, I had this thought that like I, my life was going to go two ways. Like I saw advertising, it was going to go two ways. I saw um, an, a route that I could do well for the last two years and then um, go to law school at like Harvard or like Fordham or something. Um, I don't know why I thought I could do that, but I was like, that just seems like a logical answer for me. Or I could go and like explore creativity as like a lifestyle. And the way that I saw it was like, there was this advertising class that I, I had talked to somebody about like a teacher or guidance counselor or something like that. And they're like, advertising is like an industry you could be in that would let you, I don't know, commercialize, monetize, like your creative, your creative mind. I was like, Oh, okay. That sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, well, law school sounds like really hard and like a lot of years and like, you know, I'm sure I'll get into Harvard, but like, uh, that's the whole thing. Yeah. So then I uh, just settled on advertising uh, yeah. and took a class like Loyola doesn't ha- didn't have like a portfolio thing at all. Mm-hmm. We had like one class that was just like, this is what advertising is. The business of advertising. So it was like more like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like here's tele- like television and newspaper and radio and all the different mediums. Yeah. Like basically, yeah. The foundational stuff. Like I don't even think it got into like copywriting or art direction or anything like that. It was just like the basic, very basic stuff. 
Um, and I graduated, graduated. And I was like, okay, like I'm in advertising now. Like <laughs> that's what that's I'm what, doing. That's what, that's what it was. You took one class and you were like, I guess I'm in advertising. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's it. Like the, you know, it's set. The train's on the tracks now. And, it's and that's how easy it is kids. <laughs> right. Um, so, so what did you, what did you, once you made that decision, what did you do? What, what was the next step for you? I had, um, I had an internship at this two person agency in new Orleans. It was me as one of the two and the other person was the founder and yeah. it was in his house. And like after college, I was like, he's like, do you want a job? And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, what were so you doing? What kind of ads was he we making? did? Um, we did brochures for like the convention center mm-hmm. and like this random like men's underwear store in like the mall in New Orleans. It was like the weirdest two client <laughs> But, you know, like I would just write these brochures and I was like, this is cool. Um, And everything was fine. And I was very happy with living in New Orleans. Like I was so happy in New Orleans. And to me, it was New Orleans is the most creative city like on the planet, in my opinion. Wow. It's like it's 300,000 people. I don't know if that's right, but like around that. And every single person is either like a musician or like an artist, a painter, or they're running like this creative restaurant or like they're preparing for a parade or like everybody's in a costume half the year. Like it's like an environment where if you can find any way to be creative and make a living off of it, that to me is like hugely impressive because it's the, the bar is set so high for everything there. Um, So I was like very happy there. And then a combination of um, the FBI, um, a horrible mistake, and a knock on the door changed everything. What a great <laughs> promo for this episode. <laughs> there, I'm putting that in the front. Is, That's going in the front. It's uh, there All right, thanks, any- Matt. Great episode. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what happened? Yeah. So I was like, you know, doing brochures. And then one day there was a knock on the door. I opened the door and there was a camera crew and they were like, is your boss home? And I was like, I don't know what's happening. I know he's gone. And they were like, okay, well, he's like about to be like indicted by like, you know, federal agencies because he like took money from uh, cleanup crews after Katrina and like never like paid off or never did the work that he was paid to do. So he's going to jail. Do you have any comments on that? That was like, no, I'm just like, on camera. Yeah. I'm just like the other person that works here. Dude, yeah. I have no idea what's happening. Um, so he got, he got in trouble and went to jail and all this stuff. So like immediately, like the, like the moment that story hit, like the evening news, I was out of a job. So I had to find a new one. Yeah. Um, you're like, and... I guess that's it. What a great, what yeah. a great end of job story. Like, yeah, was if your like... job's going to end, that's the way to end it. Yeah. It was like, so like shocking. Cause I didn't like have a portfolio. You know what I mean? I didn't have anything. I was just right. like writing brochures. Um, so I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? So there's like five, eight, four or five agencies down there. And I, to this day, the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life, um, 
I was like trying to reach out to them for like an interview. Right. So you hadn't done that before. You hadn't like been in contact with any advertising people in New Orleans. You were just like, all right, this is my job. I'm just doing this. And yeah, I was happy. Like, you know, was, yeah. Like totally happy. Just like, you know, going to my nine to five and then, you know, hanging out in New Orleans afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I didn't have any contacts directly with these other agencies. Um, so I would go to their websites and look up like the hello at whatever, whatever the agency is. Mm -hmm. And I was putting them, this is like so dumb and such a lesson for anyone that is even thinking about this, how dumb it can turn out. I was putting all the hellos into the um, recipient box of an email, right? Mm -hmm. So like, it would say two, and then it would say like hello at blah 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 dot com. So I did had all five, all all of them in one, all of them in one. Yeah, and and um, I Don't wrote the e I wrote the email, <laughs> and the email was directed to the first one, and it was like, hey, blah blah blah, you're the <laughs> you're the only agency I want to work at. Like, I love your work. I'm so excited. Um, you, you know. You are like creating work that I, I love and resonates with me. And, you know, I was meant to go cut and paste all the other agencies out of that. And what I ended up doing was Xing out of the agency I meant to send it to. Mm -hmm. And that that email went to every agency, but that email went to every agency, but the um, the intended target. So I got one response uh, and it was from one of the, one of the competing agencies and they're like, so why don't you send that email to the agency that you're trying to talk to? Like you idiot. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> so in a span of two days, I had like lost my job and burned every single bridge in New Orleans advertising. Oh my yeah. God. That's it incredible. A devastating, like 12 hours. You just, you just blew yourself up. You were yeah. just, yeah. Just so stupid. And it's one of those things where like- You literally had to get out of town. I had to get out. I was like, I, I that's it. Like, I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm done here. It's over. <laughs> the dream is dead. Did you and, ever contact the agency that you meant to send it to and be like, hey, I've burned every other bridge. You, now you have to hire me. I did, but I, I like it was a hello at whatever. So I yeah. don't think anybody saw it or like, yeah, you sure. know, smaller agencies, you know, it's like- That's the other thing is like, don't do the hello at go, go on yeah. LinkedIn, find out who the recruiter is there or anybody there and write to them and be like, Hey, I'm Matt. And I'm, you know, and just, just yeah. tell them who you are and what you want and they will help you probably, or they will tell you who to call or. That is like the something. biggest, the biggest change I think for creatives and like probably the thing that um, probably isn't cool um, to talk about is LinkedIn. Like that's oh. it. Like, like without being, LinkedIn, like, I'd be nobody. I, I like LinkedIn is is the it's everything. Yeah, and it's like the connection, but it's also like free advertising for yourself. Like, not to spam people with like no. just dumb shit. Your don't feed, read those but, like, dumb things. Don't. Yeah, don't but like those. you can like don't make in, them like, really long. Like that, no one <laughs> likes that. No one wants to click on it to read more. No. Yeah, like it's like no, but if you do like work, you know, posting work, posting things, your product, like it's so like so yeah. much easier now that i feel like people like people yeah. don't want to, like creatives don't want to talk about it but it's like super important i think
It really is. I, th- I think it's, it's the, it used to be Facebook when I, when I first was using social media to, to get gigs uh, like 2011, but now it's LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn is, is everything. And I think people yeah. do make fun of it. And uh, of course there is a lot of crap on it, but yeah, it's every, everything. Get on LinkedIn if you're not on LinkedIn now and make yeah. friends in advertising. That's a plug. Like we, I feel like we should get paid for. Oh, definitely. LinkedIn. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe LinkedIn will sponsor this show. That's what <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, so you're, so you burned your bridges. What do you do mm-hmm. next? What, what's the, did you have anybody to like call and be like, Hey, what do I do now? I did. Um, I had a relative who was, who I like didn't really know that well, but was in advertising um, that I reached out to and it was really insightful. Like basically like you need a portfolio, like there's great agencies out there and they will take anyone with talent, but like you have to have like a portfolio Um, and guided me towards this place called the creative circus Mm -hmm. um, RIP. Yeah. And um, I, which I had known about because I had heard of two, two people from Loyola had gone there before. So it was like a place I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. That's kind of clicking for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't even think I looked at it. I was just like, all right, I'll just go there next. I'll just move, like, to, New I, Ar- I'll just move yeah, to Atlanta. Just move to Atlanta. I'm yeah. like not really the kind of person who like thinks about giant life changes like that. Mm-hmm. I just am kind of like analytical, like, yes, we're going there. So we, a heartbreak of a move um, out of New Orleans and then drove to Atlanta behind these. Somehow it was behind two separate strip clubs on two different sides. This school called the Creative Circus and my future wife was like, what? (laughs) What? We just moved from New Orleans to this? What are you talking about? Um, But, you know, it was like the circus, I think, to me was obviously formative um and changed everything like totally changed where my life was headed where was what, like, did, what did you learn there what, what was the what was the thing that that changed everything i think it was like there was an unlock for me around fourth quarter i specifically remember thinking like i didn't know much about like agencies up until like the fourth quarter or whatever right um but i knew i wanted to work at wyden like, this is like me going to Harvard. Like, I'm right. going to go to yes, Harvard. Harvard, Harvard, Harvard yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, I guess I'll just get a job at Wyden Kennedy, which yeah. is fucking so pompous of me. But like, I was like, okay, um, that's the goal. And there was like some, some unlock for me in the fourth quarter where I was doing things that I thought were representative of what an advertising creative should prove. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, here's headlines that I think like show that I can write. Mm-hmm. Here's like ads that like, you know, I've seen other people do in books. Like it was very much like, let's create a portfolio type stuff. Right. Of ad, ad like objects. Yeah. Yeah. And there was some thought that I had like going in the fifth quarter where it's like a portfolio is basically just an ad for you, like as a human, as a creative person. And there was a like there's like the art of war um which is a book i've never read but i know there's one thing where it's like try to have the battle like on the place you pick Mm -hmm. 
Um, and for me, it was like, oh, like I could like create a portfolio for me as a creative individual rather than try to create an advertising portfolio. And it changed like how I went and looked at like the squares on my site where I was like, if it's just a headline competition, it's not just me and like all the other people who want to be juniors. It's all the juniors and the seniors. But if I just present like my creativity, my raw creativity, then it's like, that's something nobody else can do. Like that's a different conversation. You're looking at me like and how I like present stuff. And like, I might not be right for like 95% of agencies, but like the five that I'm right at, I'm going to be really right at those places. Yeah. Um, so then that kind of like unlocked things where I would, I would look at stuff a little bit different where it's like, there was a, a class that was like writing like long copy for magazines, which like I, I was like, this doesn't make any sense for me. Like, I'm sure there's a way I could have solved that brief in a cool way. Mm -hmm. But I looked at my buddy, uh, Michael Lucci, um, super talented, um, creative at Goodby with our other buddy, Steven Chavez. Um, and me and Mike, like decided that like, we were going to do an independent study and just create a fake band with no musical talent whatsoever and write a song and see how we can promote that. And that was the thought. And to me, it was like a different way of thinking about it where it's like our brief is like a class we didn't want to take. And like our solution was to like create this other thing and like create an ecosystem around it. And like we created a song um, called Hot Lights Tight Lycra and like it got on the radio in Atlanta somehow. And like, we had like a show that we did, like it was, it was insane. And like part of the beauty there where it was like a bunch of people who are just thinking different and like experimenting and like breaking things apart and like not knowing at the time that we were like finding ways to like create good briefs for ourselves. But like, that's what we were doing, you know? Yeah. So my book became more of that stuff than like, here's like a headline for like the New York times or whatever it was. Yeah. Here's just like stuff that I'm going to like, that no one else is going to have guaranteed. And, um, and when you're thinking about that, you're thinking about who's going to see that you're thinking about the creative director, uh, looking at that in your portfolio, you're thinking about what were you thinking about when you were creating that, this band brief for yourselves? I don't think we thought, I think we thought it would be something entirely different that no one was going to have, but I don't think we were thinking about it from like here, the specific creative director or the specific agency that we're targeting. Like, right. But you were thinking more... about the end, the end where like somebody's going to experience this, right? You were yeah. thinking about what form that was going to take. What, what? Yeah. Yeah. Like we didn't, we didn't think it would get on the radio or like, you know, <laughs> right. Become the like, you know, we, we did think we were going to send, um, like our Lycra, like we had, like, we actually had Lycra pants. We were going to send that to the rock and roll hall of fame at one point. I don't think we did that, but like, that was kind of dope. Um, but we didn't, like, I don't think we thought it was going to be like the thing it became, if that may, may makes sense. Like, it right. was just like, this is going to set us apart. Um, but it's going to be fun too. Like it's going right. to be like, I was like, going to say that is like, it's like you made it fun for yourselves. You made the, and I think that's a, 
that's an unlock for a lot of creatives. Like, how do you make this brief fun? Like, don't complain about it. Like the, yes, yeah. most, most briefs suck. Most briefs are like, they're thought about for a week and, or even a day. And it's like, this is what the client wants. So we're going to just write a brief, make it fun. Like, think about the end result. What does the client really want? And how can you make it fun for yourself to get to that place? Uh, yeah. and yeah. And then do it the way you're going to do it, which is, which is what you did, you know, instead of like, I love that unlock of, of, I want to make a portfolio of stuff that nobody else could make because everybody's trying to write headlines and everybody's mm -hmm. trying to make the, the, the next economist campaign in their book. Yeah, uh, right. yeah. And you, you just, you, you, you flipped it. So I, I love that. And I think yeah. that's great advice. And I think Jeff Kling did that to get in, you know, so many people, uh, have done that because in the end they just want to know that you are a creative person who is going to ha have different ideas than everybody else in the agency and and uh, and be a you know be a resource for something for getting yeah there. that's like um, it maybe got a little too deep because I would I pick like RC Cola and I was like I would draw the ads like they were all hand drawn. And like it had a tone that was like weird and like all this stuff. Um, it's maybe bad to go like that far into it, you know, where it's just you throughout everything. Like right, right. there needs to be like collaboration, you know, and show that there's like you can be a part of like a thing bigger than yourself, you know. Right, but, right, right, right. But to me, it was, yeah, it was like ha having fun with it, I think, is so important because like our it's almost like baseball, like our job, if you hit 300 like here, like, you know, when you get a brief, you don't, not every script that you write is going to go to the client. It's like, if you have three out of like the 10 you write, that's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, so being okay and being accepting of like, you know, working hard, but also looking for the fun nugget that you can explode even if you think like on paper, this brief isn't like that great of an opportunity. It's like having the, having the um, creative stamina to keep digging, to find that thing that is, mm. or like the way to hack the brief. So it becomes something different or like a way to like set up whatever creative you have so that it feels bigger than maybe what the opportunity was, I think is like, that's all stuff that I think I learned like through that exercise of, how do you create a portfolio that's different from a portfolio? Cause that was like a brief, right? That's like the first brief you get is like, what's the portfolio you're, you're going to create? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, where did you put your portfolio? Um, I had it like, like I had it online. You know what I right. mean? Like, yeah. Well, like, a like the weird space thing or like a Wix or what, what was the, Oh, I've been like cargo collective from cargo like day collective. one. Okay. Yeah. I did That's like right. the weird I saw thing. You're on cargo collective still. Yeah, still to this day. Like it's still cargocollective.com slash my name. Like yeah. I haven't even upgraded to like my name.com. Awesome. Yeah. Um and it's like it's funny because I had a job then. Like I got a job like I think seventh quarter. Like at the end of sixth quarter, I had a job. It was yeah, like two quarters Atlanta? after that. No, at Wyden. Oh, you did it. it. Yeah. yeah, you did yeah. it. That's so right. I did it. Yeah. And that was a coincidence that was like beyond. I was like trying to get a job at Wyden and they had mentor a mentor sheet. Um, when you get in the fifth quarter, 
you could reach out to a mentor. And I saw one of them was from Wyden and I emailed and it was this guy, Nick Cohen, um, mm-hmm. who's to this day, like one of the smartest, most legendary influential people on my life. Um, I emailed him asking if he would be my mentor. And he was like, yes, of course. Uh, but keep in mind, I'm in Shanghai. I'm on Shanghai time. And I was like, what a funny, like creative, like out there in Portland, like these people right. at Wyden really think different. And then I realized he was actually like in Shanghai. He was like the ECD of the Shanghai office. Um, and we had a correspondence. I would send him work. He would like it. He would have pushes, like great conversations. And by the time I was about to enter my seventh quarter, he offered me like a gig out there in Shanghai, Wyden, Shanghai. And I was like, oh my God, yes. Like I took it without thinking at all, like moving to Shanghai for yeah. an extended had you ever, time. Had you ever been outside the country? Had you ever been like? No, I went to Niagara Falls once. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't think I crossed into the Canadian side. <laughs> that was like the closest I'd ever gotten to leaving the country. Right. Yeah. You saw another country from across. The yeah. So the yeah, it was, yeah, it was, looked pretty cool. Um <laughs> And the first time I ever stepped foot in another country was when I stepped foot in Shanghai Wow! for that job. And it was, I was like, oh, well, I remember getting to like driving from the airport to like the place where I was staying and looking out on the city and just being like, like I didn't really stop to think about what being at, being in Shanghai at a place that I like worked two years to get to like what that meant yeah. and like how far I had, I had come from like sending that stupid email in like new Orleans to like being there. Yeah. And like, there was a moment where I was like, Oh my God, how, how did this happen? Like it, it had to be beyond just like, you know, these fateful errors and like, you know, working it like there had to be something else to it. Um, <laughs> it was like unbelievable. And I, just ended up in Shanghai and I did get food poisoning like for the first week. But besides that, it was an amazing experience. You ate the wrong thing in Shanghai. Yeah. Well, I had a cheeseburger, which was a a mistake at the sports bar. Yeah. Don't eat the cheeseburgers in Shanghai. Um, (laughs) So did your girlfriend come with you? Were you by yourself? Were you, what was, what was life like? She came out, I was there for a, a total of almost two years so she was out, she came out for like, I think it was like a year and a half. It was out like on and off. Like she would come out for a little bit and then come, come back. And it was this amazing, like this amazing, amazing experience. And like to this day, I think changed like everything about me down to like my DNA. Like there were things that I wasn't prepared for, um, even just thinking about just the job mm. where when you, when I stepped in there into Wyden, it was like these people had different like creative diets than I had where the film references weren't the same. It was like Wim Wenders. It was like Jim Jarmish. It was like these like people that looked at the world in like such a beautiful, like broader or wider, more narrow or such a more beautiful, like artistic way of, of seeing the world than like I was, had been used to at this point. Yeah. And like, to me, it's like creativity is like a diet, you know, it's like, 
what you feed in is like kind of what you're going to get out. Um, so when I switched to kind of like watching these things, it became like, I could feel like the work I was doing, the scripts I was presenting were a little bit deeper, a little bit different. Um, and that was like on top of all the change that was happening in terms of like finding a restaurant in Shanghai that, you know, like would be my go-to, you know, or like learning how to like communicate to cab drivers. Like there was so much, it was like 24 hours of chaos basically. Sure. Um, And like learning how to like live and survive and still do great work at the same time was like, those are still people like I'm still tight with like the group that I had there. Like I was like uh, efficient in like Thailand for one of the weddings and like, Wow. You know, you get on like Zooms and just chat with these people who like have gone on to do great things. And it's like talking with like old friends and they're all over the world and doing, yeah, like doing different things. And it's just kind of this beautiful. That's so great. Crew. Yeah. And I love what you said about the, uh, your, your sort of creative diet. What is your creative diet Mm -hmm. now? What do you recommend for, for young people that maybe want to want to change their creative diet? What should they do? Um, for me, apologies, I have a little bit of sniffles. Um, for me, um, like the Criterion Collection app was like pretty big in my life for a while. Um, because there were movies that, like, I like would have never seen, but they were more than movies. You know what I mean? They were like worldviews. So like. Um, like obscure, like Russian, obscure for me, like Russian, like filmmakers, right? It's like a worldview that like I never would have seen before or like, you know, they're, the global perspective that is on the Criterion Collection, I think for me is just like, it's a beautiful way of looking at the world and like, there are like techniques that you can take out of it, like film techniques that can plus up any scripts or... Mm-hmm. um bits of dialogue that you remember that stay with you or like shots for swipe, like all that kind of stuff is like, can be found all over that. Cause that's just a collection of like the greatest filmmakers ever. So everybody should just have that, yeah. that resource. Yeah. Um, And then I think more recently, like we went to go see like the Virgil um, Abloh, like exhibit in Brooklyn. And he's amazing because he's also somebody who just like, hacks culture and finds like insights and finds like different ways of presenting things. So I will watch his like, you know, lectures on YouTube. He was somebody who was very, very much about democratizing like the art world. So like he put all his lectures basically like on YouTube. So that's like a research, that's a whole class. What is his name again? What is his name again? uh, Virgil Abloh. So he was like a, a, yeah. So he's like the dude who um he ran um like a bunch of stuff, was like deep in with like Kanye West for a while and like is just a creative he's kind of the Warhol, I think, of like our generation now. But um yeah, it's great resource on on YouTube. Um being able to hear him speak about how he came up with ideas and what the process was and what the insight was mm-hmm. and what led him to create things oh my god i'm gonna watch all of those right now uh it's the rest of my day um (laughs) uh so so those those are two great 
ways to to hack into uh to to that i think it's really important to because you are a professional craftsman as a as an as an ad person um that you look at what other people have done in the past and 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 steal from it and and learn from it and uh because it's never going to be the same like I, I think a lot of people feel like they need to come up with something new so they can be the ones giving the art lectures, but it's like, no, he, he stole from people. You'll steal from people. Like there, there's a, it's a, it's a language to learn. So you're gotta, you gotta kind of practice it. I love that. Yeah. And the, like, yeah, to that point, I think it's like one thing that I've always read is like, like short stories. Like, so like Simon Rich is like this, he was a writer for SNL for a while. And he came out with this book called Ant Farm. Um, which is a collection of short stories that are like one or two pages long. And it's this beautiful, humorous, like hilarious collection. Um, and like indirectly, like he has in, he has like, you can take insights from like how he creates insights for short stories, if that makes sense. So like, he'll look at, um, like grade school and find like an insight there that is like a little bit different from how you typically look at grade school and like that is like oh okay cool like i can look at this problem this brief and like kind of apply that thinking to it like what's the short story that's like one page long that's oh, wow. insightful that people are going to resonate with people and then how does that turn into like a 30 second script do you know what i'm saying like yeah like short stories to me are are things that you can always just open and just like reset while you've spent like the morning writing and just be like okay like let me read these two short stories and then like come at it from like this other perspective um criterion collection is fun too just to go back to that because it's almost like what we're doing is like if you get a brief like what are the how would like somebody like um like wes anderson or tchaikovsky or like like how would like orson wells like write a 30 second script for this <laughs> and you just do that exercise of like the direct going through all these di different directors like Spike Jones. How we how would he go at this brief? And it kind of leads you to a place where you just have different perspectives of the same pro at the same problem. Yeah, um, and can lead to work that's like different and like unexpected and like beautiful ways and like things you might not have thought about when you just see the the one sentence brief, you know. Yeah. Um, it's almost giving yourself little mini briefs like, OK, now write it like I mean, I, I've heard of people doing it like other ad people, too. Right. Like how would Jerry Graff yeah. write this ad or, you know, how would Matt Bittu yeah. write this ad? Um, yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. That's those are good hacks. Um, tell me about the uh, you did like an underground uh, music festival in China. Right. Was that at Wyden? Yeah. Yeah, so we that did, was um, so cool. Like that that connects yeah. to your older story of like your fake band. Like was that influential yeah. into that? Was that like, oh, I did this yeah. before, so let's do this. Let's do it this was for funny. Real. It was like, um, who was it for? Was I had it, for... it was for Converse. Converse, right? So it was right. like to celebrate the music history for like Chucks, and like it was weird because it was around the same time where like I was just kind of like writing, just like what I thought. It was like, you know, my first four quarters or whatever at school, like I was writing headlines I thought were right for advertisers. And then like my first bit at Wyden, I was writing headlines that I thought were right for people at Wyden. And Nick was like, he's like, dude, you're here for like the band. 
that band is why you're here. And the rest of your book oh. was like show you could write. He's like, so that, that is got like, you that job, that band thing. Yeah. He's oh. yeah. So he's like, that's the thinking. So like, how do you bring more of that into like the work or whatever? And this idea came up where it was like a tour um, with a band and how you're going to promote it and stuff like that. Cause tours in, in China, like didn't happen like right. music tours like this. So I had to communicate a new language of like a band's going to come over and they're going to travel to all these cities and all this stuff. Um, which was kind of weird at the time, because like, I don't remember if there was like these experiences that were created for brands as much as they are today. Like it was very right. much like, it felt kind of weird at the time. It's like, we're going to do like a tour, like, shouldn't we be doing like a film? Like shouldn't right, there be right. like a 30 second ad for this? Doesn't a media um, company have to make money off of this? Yeah, I was like, what do we do? Like, yeah, this yeah, is a... yeah. But so we it goes on. And, you know, as like the more junior creative, like I got to go to like one city on the tour in addition to Shanghai. So I go to like this city in, in China, see the band, experience this different way of life. It was like a city that was small by China standards, but it was it's like as big as Chicago. Um <laughs> And so, the you know, sleepy, we're hanging out. sleepy village, <laughs> this, yeah, this, sleepy, yeah. <laughs> this, this mountain town is so <laughs> tiny, um, but we go there and it's like, you know, I'm experienced. We go through the food market and it was like this beautiful experience. And um, I leave and I was like, man, that's so awesome that I got to go on this music tour, help create this music tour and see the city that I'll probably never hear about again. And the city was Wuhan. And it was like all I would hear about for like the rest of my life. It was like insane. Um, you didn't you didn't eat the cheeseburgers or the bat there, did you? No, no, I was good. I was good. On you that had stuff, learned but not it was to like, do that by then. You weren't yeah, the guy. Yeah. You weren't the one. Yeah. But my shirt was tra like I was at a place called Wuhan Prison, which was like a dive. Like oh, it was a, a dive. bar. It was a bar called U Wuhan Prison. Yeah, Wuhan Prison, and it was like the most diviest dive, like probably ever. And the bartender traded me my shirt off my back for like a shirt that said Wuhan prison. Um, and my shirt, I think is probably if the bar still exists somewhere hanging up in there. But like, I always think about like how like Wuhan prison, like if I still had that shirt, it would be like such people would read it in a different way. How do you, you know not what I mean? have like, that shirt, Matt? It got lost, lost to time, oh my lost God. to time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's incredible. What a great story. And that now you're at mother. I, I realize we're, we're coming up on, on our time, but it was really, really awesome to hear about you getting into your, your dream job. So, so mm -hmm. you, you, um, you're at, you're at mother now. Uh, how did you get mm -hmm. to, to mother? You're in New York now. Are you? Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm in New York. Um, so mother, mother came about, I had moved to like San Francisco and for a job at Lyft. And I was like, okay, like, does it, this oh, you is my like, client side. Yeah. Client side. I was like, I'm going to chill for like, it just had a kid Margo um, with, I just had a kid Margo with um, Carrie, who's my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time through China through all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, so we yeah. have this, this beautiful kid. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like the, my first thought was how am I going to pay for college for Margo? That was yeah. my first thought when we found out yeah. Margo was coming <laughs> 
So like this opportunity, at she's got to go to Harvard. She's got to go to Harvard. Somebody has to fill my, <laughs> fulfill my dream. Um, so I go to Lyft and, you know, the hours were better. It was like stock, all this stuff. It was like this beautiful opportunity, different opportunity, move all the way to San Francisco. And like three months later, like COVID started and COVID is not great for most businesses. It's especially not great for a business that's reliant on two strangers getting into a car together. Yeah. Um, so that was like over, like after like six months, I was out of that job and was just freelancing and stuff. And there was a moment and I'm going to be like a little bit real, I think, like um, where as a creative, there's a certain amount of time you can let pass before your last great creative gig or your last great brief to where the panic starts to set in that you're like, Oh no, maybe I'm not going to like be at like those top shops anymore. You know what I mean? Maybe that moment has passed and that was starting to hit for me. And I, we moved back to New York. Um, I had an opportunity at another agency, which was a good opportunity but it wasn't, it didn't feel right for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hit up mother, this recruiter. I had like no business just hitting up mother. Like right. they were doing like amazing work. And I was like, you know, kind of in like this um, existential crisis, I guess, in my life. And I was like, we're back in New York. And it's like, it has to be for a reason, like creatively, like it has to be. And I'm not feeling fulfilled at the moment. Um, so I hit him up and the recruiter was like, there's a job, uh, potentially down the line as a creative director on Dave and Buster's, you know, we'll let you know if it comes up. And I was like, no way is that ever going to work out for me? Like just knowing how like COVID and all that stuff happened and in San Francisco, there's just no way, because I have been like a Dave and Buster's fan since like, I was like four or right. whatever yeah. and I started going there and like mothers an agency that I had talked to at one point was like always intrigued by like them just doing differently being independent truly yeah. independent and they like, make they just... make they make art like they're I yeah. love the the books that they put in editorial suites I don't know if they still do it but they used to like make these like weird books like prostitutes I've met like what well, that was one of them yeah, and, it was, yes. and it was like yes. just 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 pictures of prostitutes that this photographer had taken pictures <laughs> yeah. of and and you look on the back and it's like a publication of mother and you're like what what is this yeah. this is cool i want to work there like it was such a great ad for mother because you're sitting in this edit suite working on your terrible commercial for some terrible client mm-hmm. at your terrible agency and you look at this book and you're like i want to do shit like this like what a great ad yeah that's what it was and it's like i was drawn to that like we're in Gowanus right now like the office and um there's a sign by the by the bathroom that just says pee pee poo poo room, which is like just like a like I don't know why I think that's so funny and like because it's like in an office, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like yeah. just that is like the culture and like a way of like looking at the world differently and like not being it's being serious when it needs to be serious, but yeah. like, you know, how do you bring out creativity in like every single aspect of this place, even if it's going to go unnoticed, like the pee pee poo poo room. Um, but like, I was like, I like, if this works out, like, I don't know what I did to deserve it, but, um, 
and it did like it worked out. I ended up getting the job and I was like so shocked um, and so like thankful and grateful, which seems weird. Um, but like knowing that like the last couple years with COVID and like the uncertainty of it and like this like thought that maybe like, you know, it was time to like look for something. You, you never know. Like, right. I was like, okay, like, if I get a chance to go in there, like I'm going to like every day, I'm going to like try to do something that's killer. Like, I don't care what it is. I'm going to ride for this place. So that's kind of the vibe now. And it's like every day it's like that. Like, how do you come up with something that's going to like fuck shit up? I guess that's like the, I can, I don't know if I can sw- swear on. Here. Yeah. I believe I've, I've sweared uh, earlier in oh. the podcast. I, I said, Oh, nice. Cool. Oh. Yeah. 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 I did it first, Matt. Yeah. Yeah fucking sweet um <laughs> but yeah so that's the thing no, like you know it came up like it was it's actually now that i'm thinking of it, is is hilarious because it's like my journey to mother started with a, an email that i shouldn't have sent and it kind of like led to this email that i probably shouldn't have sent to like the recruiter here um just based on like where i was like i probably had no business sending it and it ended up here. And it's just like, I feel like the story of my creative life is like these errors and like mistakes kind of like leading to things that I never expected. Yep. Um, and kind of led me to this place that I'm like, feel fortunate to be in every day. It's, it's insane. That's awesome. It's absurd. Um, yeah. So I think everybody should, should look at your book and it's on cargocollectivecom slash Matt V2. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's so cool because it's got, art in it and it's just like your drawings are so cool your pepto-bismol on t- on the drawings like i'm like what is going on with this and then there's amazing ads um and so go look at that if you're uh if you're struggling for for inspiration because i, I was inspired by it and i, I want to do better work today because because i saw your work um and how else can people reach you is there is there an email they can they can write to you and ask you if they'll be your mentor and you can fly them from Shanghai and (laughs) do the the opposite thing. (laughs) My, uh, yeah, my emails on my website, it's, um, it's going to sound a little bit weird because the way that I speak here, but it's like M V I T O U eight five at Gmail. And it's V as in victory, which sounds so stupid, but my dad always said that, but cause that like my B sound like bees sometimes. Okay. Maybe. I'm like getting too deep into like my paranoia. Uh, but yeah, M-B-I-T-O-U-85 at Gmail. And like, I think that like my personal philosophy is like, you know, try to help as many people, even if it's just like insights on books. So like, yeah, shoot whatever. And I'll yeah. look as look at whatever, um, pay it forward. And then stuff. get the Criterion Collection app uh watch some movies go to the museum this weekend and just like experience something new like learn about some artist who you never heard of before that will rock your world because i i feel like or go to a bookstore and pick out a book that you've never like just do something like random yeah there's well there's one thing that i actually do um where it's like this french it's like this french philosophy of i think it's a dairy bay deriva however french people say it yeah but it's basically just 
walking. You walk and you let the contours of the city kind of guide your way. And you don't put in music. You just walk and you listen to the sounds and the ambience of like the city and the car horns and stuff. And you follow the paths that are set out by the planners and like how the city came together. You see a block that's interesting. You just walk towards that. And it, you know, leads to like, I don't know, five or six miles of just walking and just feeling the city. And it's a way to experience life and passing and moments that I think we just like breeze through, you know, like there's no destination set. It's just, just going out there and, and letting the day guide your way. Um, which for me is always a good reset. That's amazing. Hey, I would love to have you on my other podcast that we're doing for catch and release. It's called found content. It's called uh sorry, it's called lost and found. Mm. Uh, and it's all about that. It's all about found content and where, you know, how it can change everything. Um, I'd love to yeah. have you on that and talk about that derive and, and, uh, yeah. And just find it. Yeah, that would be so fun. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, so let's let's plan that. Uh, and thanks for coming on. This has been yeah. amazing. What an amazing conversation. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, thank you for thinking of me and yeah, doing it. Super fun. Yeah. I appreciate it. And I appreciate Matt Batu for coming on the show and for being patient with me as we try to get that episode up. And I appreciate you for listening and subscribing and sharing this show with your friends and talking about it on the social medias and stuff. Um, I would love you to put a put a review on somewhere saying how much you love it. That would be great. Anyway, you don't have to. It's fine. Um, but there are classes at adhousenyc.com right now. So get in there and uh, get it while the getting's good. They start February 15th. Paul has a new class. Mike and Mike have a new class. Get in there at housenyc.com. Bye.